Hey, you're listening to the Canadian Agent Missional Podcast, and this is episode 91. Today, we're going to be talking about how can churches be united together. Let's do this. Thank you guys once again for joining us on this conversation, and we are so excited that Dave Wood is with us today. It has been exciting because in conversations behind the scenes, we've always been talking about what Dave has been doing, and we've been wanting to have him on this podcast. So we're excited for today to have him here virtually. I wish we were all in the same room because there's something about presence. There's something about proximity. It's really, really good. And uh, one day, you know, one day in the new country, in the new glory, we will be able to do that once again. And Bernard is here. Bernard, what's going on? Hey, what's up? Yes. Actually, you you know, you were saying in person, Dave and I was just talking yesterday that he might come to Toronto for a for a little bit of a walkabout. Mm. Um, so maybe we can do a walk and talk next time. Oh, yes. Yes. Finally get to great. use the mobile version of our podcast, you know, <laughs> go out on the streets. That's how we do it. That's right. That's right. Dave, so glad you are here with us. Hey, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for inviting me. Yes. Yes. Hey, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Introduce yourself to our listeners who may not know you very well or the things that you've been working on? Yeah, sure. My name is Dave Witt. I live in Hamilton, Ontario. I've lived here for uh, 24 years. Originally, actually from the US, you know, that, that group that Canadians love to hate. So um, I've, I've been living that down for a while now. It's all love. Uh, it's all love. <laughs> actually, my, my wife and I met when we were doing ministry in the Philippines for 10 years. So that uh, I came via the Philippines to, to Hamilton. And for the last 18 years, I've been uh, working to facilitate a network of churches in Hamilton, Ontario, that's called True City. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that, because I think we have been hearing about it over the years, and how that has continued to bring churches together throughout the Hamilton area. Tell us, how did that get started? What was the vision for it, and, and what have you noticed over the years? Yeah, it started with just a couple of churches. I, I had come to Hamilton and was trying to get a handle on you know, what was God up to here in, in Hamilton. It was really at a stage when the whole missional conversation was just getting started. And so there were a number of churches in Hamilton that were trying to make sense of, well, what's it look like for us to get involved in the communities around us? And how does that fit with being a local church? And and having just been involved in missions in the Philippines, that was language that you know resonated deeply with me. And so for the first five years I was here, I was connecting with different churches and sharing stories of what I was hearing from from those churches with with other people in other churches. And eventually they said, you know, can you get out of the middle of this thing and just help us relate to to each other. So there there were uh, three churches at the start, Philpott Memorial Church in downtown Hamilton, Houston Street Baptist uh, as a fellowship Baptist church in the North End, and First Hamilton Christian Reformed Church, which is, yeah, Christian Reformed Church uh, in the 
the Kirkendale and Durand neighborhood. Um, so they were they were all interested to find ways to collaborate with each other, um, learn from each other fairly quickly. That expanded to to six churches within that that first year that were were interested in that conversation. That's so cool. Uh, and yeah, it was was really centered around where do we see God at work in the city and how do we join him and what what he's doing. That is such a cool imagination. And I think it perhaps challenges and pushes us out of the mold of just thinking purely just about one specific local church, but how local churches are connected in the kingdom. And what does that mean to be able to partner, collaborate, to work together, to be seeing and understanding church more from that lens rather than one, you know, local specific congregation. That is so cool. That is so cool. I'm kind of curious, Dave, like as you were describing how, you know, originally those three churches that, you know, began the conversation. So what was it like to build momentum, like in drawing other churches? And were there a lot of like questioning of like, oh, what what's this about? Uh, you know? Yeah. Well, and I'd say early, early on, there was kind of an inherent sense of momentum, just the fact that this had come together and really kind of the five, six years before that, as I'd been connecting with those churches, they, there already were, was interest in, in that, you know, so the, you know, things like getting involved in a neighborhood school, volunteering there. How do we do that as a church? There were different churches that had different experiences, but were, were interested to learn from each other. Just creating a context where that could happen was yeah, kind of catalyzed some real yeah, energy around, around uh, people coming together. And the, I'd say the first few years, you know, looking back, there were lots of challenges to, to do this, but looking back, that was kind of a, a sweet time of, of just getting to define, so who are we as this group of churches? You know, we spent a year trying to, to put together core values and, and came up with seven core values for, for the network, which have really served the network well. Like those, those have helped define who this network is. You know, just the name True City was, was kind of this, this, you know, process of saying, well, you know, people are used to churches being against things in the city. How do we, how do we name something that we're for? You know, how do we say, hey, God, God cares deeply about this city. We want to get involved in seeing it flourish. You know, so just the whole idea that God's got this shalom intention, this full flourishing desire for the city that, you know, wasn't, wasn't the way that churches, certainly weren't the way churches were perceived. And a lot of times the way that, you know, uh, churches were understanding themselves, they, they didn't see how they actually had a theology that led them to engage the city well. That that stuff was was fun, and and yeah, we had to sort through questions like, you know, are we going to have a theological statement, and how do you how do you want to do that? And and you know, those those were weren't easy conversations, but but there was quite a bit of energy at that stage. That is so neat. Can you? Perhaps tell us a little bit about how this perhaps differentiates from perhaps like a denomination or an association. Like you use the word network specifically in your name. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And there is this sense of what does it mean for Hamilton. So could you share with us a little bit about how that differentiates? Sure. Yeah, I think that was some of the conversations early on is how is this going to be different than being a denomination? And there was a fair bit of trial and error around how that how that would work. And the, the language of network really only came later. At, at first, we, we referred to ourselves as a movement. Then eventually, I kind of came to this place where I felt like, it might be a bit presumptuous to call yourself a movement, you know, like if, if, that, <laughs> if that's actually happening, you know, it's, it's, it's great if somebody else is calling you that, but the language of network was really helpful for us when we, when we began to understand that. And that's probably what differentiates true city from a denomination is, is the sense that this was about creating space for relationships to happen between churches. And the main focus of this was, was, the churches themselves, um, and it wasn't trying to create another structure, another organization that would have its its own agenda. It was trying to create a space where the overlap of the agendas of the different churches could be recognized and and acted on. And I think that's always a tension you you live with. Um, you know, it's it's how centralized something like like a network should be. Uh, but there, there were. Points where we, you know, there was one point I can remember where we tried to create a structure for for the network, and it had lots of boxes on on the on the flip on the flowchart, and and within a year we realized that's just not going to work. People don't have that kind of time and energy to 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 put into that and be very continue to be very involved in their churches. So we had to strip that down a lot and have a much smaller vision for how the formalized part of it would work denominations by their nature i think have to have to have a much more centralized perspective and sometimes we have denominations that say we're not denominations because they they recognize that that's that's part of part of the issue that comes with that territory yes yes and i am pretty sure flowcharts are pretty traumatic for some people. They think of just those business <laughs> meetings and they're just like, I don't know if I can be on board with this. There's a flow chart. So yes. I, I totally understand where you're coming from. And you hinted at it and you spoke a little bit about it, about the tension, about discerning that together, about figuring it out, embracing into the tension of it. And so can you share with us a little bit about perhaps what were some of the hesitancies or resistance and even for churches that perhaps may not have been part of the network or or have decided not to be part of the network, what are what do you sense? What do you see as those resistances and those tensions? Well, I think for those of us who kind of come out of an evangelical world, which was most of the churches that have been involved in True City would come from that 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 world of evangelical Christianity, we've been so immersed in this idea that. That, that you know you can't step over certain lines without it somehow doing damage mm. to to your witness or even to your to your eternal security that idea of of a purity of doctrine being paramount recognizing that we we didn't really know how unity fit into that that doctrinal ladder of you know where where's Where's the space that that we're called to make sure that we're connected to each other versus you know how do we keep from stepping over lines that that aren't healthy and 
I think all those were live questions because that's just the the, the background that that the churches were from. But we we were blessed with a number of of leaders who rec- were were able to differentiate between substantive theological issues and ones that that you know didn't need to divide us. So even from the start, to have a Christian Reformed church that that would baptize infants and with you know a Baptist church. Church and the Associated Gospel Church that you know would be would practice believers' baptism. You know, from from the start, things that have tripped up you know uh, um, collaboration and and unity in the past were were on the table. Then more live issues within our context. You know, you know women women in ministry. So we had a Baptist church that had a female senior pastor that that began to get involved and how would people respond to that and you know how how would we practice being a church you know being churches together we we have a conference each year at the end of february where we you know bring as many folks from our churches together as as are able to come uh, and and so that that issue that question of what well, could we have a female presenter at at the at that conference kind of bubbled below the surface for for a few years you know and then we were eventually able to uh, to work out to a place where it felt like yes that we we don't need to see anybody change their perspective as a church but in practice we can we can make space for this to to be a practice for the for the network that was probably one of our our longer conversations and and you know one of those places where we had to learn to talk theology across differences which i think was a really healthy and really important development for for us as a network there's many more of those those kinds of conversations that have happened and and are still happening uh, not all have have been as as easy or straightforward as that one ended up being now i appreciate your sharing and your honesty about this, that this has been a journey, but you've also been able to see very cool ways in which God has been at work in in the midst of it. And yeah, I think as you're sharing stories, you're also describing how this is also shaping the people of God, those who follow Jesus and churches, to be that witness in Hamilton. and. Mm what does it mean for you guys to have this network with something that binds you together and that love for your city, that love for being the church of your city? And and so I wonder if you could share some stories with us about how the network has become this witness and how it continues to be this witness. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. I think probably the the thing that created lots of of collaborative energy early on was just this recognition that there were some similar ways that God was at work in different neighborhoods across the city, the different neighborhoods where, where these churches were located. And so things like, you know, welcoming refugees to our city was, was something that multiple churches were bumping up against and wanting to, to respond to, but there weren't, there weren't a lot of church-based models for how to do that well. A lot of the ways that that, that was happening was through, you know, parachurch agencies and, and they were doing great work, but it wasn't clear how churches could get involved in, in those things. And so just beginning to say, all right, what does it look like for congregations to 
response to the fact that there's so many refugees coming to our city and to be God's presence and and helping them to settle in and and integrate into to to the city um, things like uh, mental health realities you know that that all of our churches were impacted by you know both inside the churches and and in the communities that they're part of people who are facing mental health challenge and how do we as as congregations be places of of support how do we connect people to resources that are out there i think that was one of the the key recognitions was that our churches didn't have to have all the answers but they they could really respond to people in relationship by by connecting them to resources that were out there and by being a network we could share a deeper understanding of what resources were present in our city and where people were going uh, in in ways uh, to to find good support. Uh, there's a number of those those kinds of frontiers of where we saw God at work. You know, environmental stewardship was a big question. Indigenous justice is a huge huge challenge and 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 a, an ongoing important issue that that you know we recognize as as congregations. We've we've just barely scratch the surface of how to to respond to those things and so so finding which churches had groups within them that were interested in those different issues and connecting finding ways to connect those groups or at least introduce leaders of those groups with each other so that people you know knew that they could call someone at another church and that they would see them in places compare notes with each other those those were the things that that I think created a sense of of energy and and strengthened the witness to the city you know just the uh, the idea that oh there's there's churches working together in it in and of itself was this was a witness which you know i've for often sure. said to people sure. it's a bit it's a bit sad that the church is known for not getting along with each other but you know and so that when we do start to talk with each other that's a witness but but yeah we, we i think we were surprised at how strong that that um witness was to people that that they were shocked that that these churches were collaborating with each other that's awesome like i think you know davy and i had conversations before and how like the vision of you know churches coming together is that beautiful witness um Mm -hmm. and it's like it is christ who binds us together not you know our theological leanings or how we practice church and whatnot Mm -hmm. but i i am kind of curious though like there is so many differences as well so like what were some of the challenges you know that true cities experienced or experiencing sure and you know like and and maybe this is like not necessarily a second part of your question maybe like completely different question altogether but where Mm -hmm. are the roles of kind of parachurch organizations and Mm -hmm. academics because i know MacDiv is also in hamilton Mm -hmm. so like what does because i know true cities consist of mostly churches yep but what are the interactions with the other Christian orgs alike? Sure. Probably some of the most significant challenge for the churches was just figuring out how you um, create space within your congregation. Like, how is it actually going to function to to interact with other churches and start to do some things differently? One of the things that came to understand about churches is they're 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 far better at starting things than stopping doing things. And so, so, you know, they just, you know, oftentimes just add on a whole new ministry without asking the question of, is there something we should stop doing now? And how are we possibly going to do more as congregations? And, and so, 
you know, we we realized probably five years in that that you know people were burning out from trying to do more new things, and and so we we under, we came to understand that there was a very important role of collaboration in terms of understanding discipleship. What's missional discipleship look like? You know, so many of our churches for you know discipleship was kind of what happened you know in a classroom. You know, it was more of an education model and it it wasn't happening in the midst of this this missional outreach work that was going on and so if you want to have a formal relationship as churches you know how do you get to a place where your church boards understand what's going on and are involved you know anybody who's been part of of a church board knows that getting on the agenda for a church board is not an easy thing for an outside group. You know, there's, there's so much stuff going on within the congregation that, you know, boards don't take kindly to regularly having visitors come in or to having long conversations about outside stuff. And so, so, but we concluded that, that there needed to be conversations at that level for churches to be really committed for it to be more than just something pastors got together about there was going to be congregational involvement. It, it had to have some kind of formal buy-in from, from church boards. So it's, it's, those are maybe some of the more mundane kinds of challenges, but the real kind of where a lot of the real challenge was in the midst of that, you know, theological stuff would, would arise, you know, and, and there would be, there would be questions about, I think people recognizing you know, for, for years, I've understood our tradition as not associating with these other churches. Like, how can we suddenly change that? You know, and, and one of the founding pastors said, you know, at, at one point that he, he could tell God was involved in this because churches that for their whole life had, had defined themselves by who they didn't associate with mm. were now associating with each other. And so that took a move of God for, for something like that, that to happen. I mean, you asked about relating with, you know, some of the the other organizations, the parachurch organizations. I think one of the things that that became clear as we continued to work at this was that those organizations steward really important knowledge for the church in the city. That most of the time in churches, we don't have institutional memory that's very very strong. So you know, if if we have a group of people who are working on um, you know, an initiative around affordable housing, say, because that's a, it's currently a huge, huge issue that, that churches are wrestling with. It, usually you have congregants who, who are passionate about that and get involved, but then, you know, maybe two, three years in, they get asked to be the church treasurer or to help with the youth group. And so <clears throat> now they're not involved in that, that committee anymore. And, and we lose some of that knowledge that, that, that was there. And so, Having organizations in the city that are really involved in and and leading the way in some of those issues was was important to recognize. I think the challenge has been that for many of those organizations, working with churches is is not an easy not an easy venture. Right? It, it takes a lot of time. It's often a two step forward, you know, one step back kind of proposition. So creating a, a context where where churches could acknowledge yeah we realize we're not always easy to work with 
you know, we're going to we're going to try to find some ways to to do a better job of of connecting with what you guys are about and to build that relationship between some of those organizations was was a key part of what the network was was up to. It's so true. Like what well, you were speaking on, you know, the last point and how you know building that trust and and kind of where there is a lot of lack of trust between you know the five A's and how we don't really work together. We know of each other, but not <laughs> work with. And yeah, that's so key. Maybe we can shift gear a little bit since we touched sure. on trust. Sure. I know that you're doing a doctorate right now. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about what you're studying on and what you're hoping to work through? Yeah. Yeah. So deep in the midst of, of that now, I, I think that but it's really two main main things that I'm I'm focused on that I see as interconnected. And and one is um kind of a, a deep theological concept, at least for us as evangelicals, this whole idea of Catholicity, uh, that that somehow the church is connected across our differences. That you know, usually that term gets gets used to talk about worldwide Christianity. And, and for us as evangelicals, it's just the name of, of an, uh, another branch of the church that we, we are <laughs> suspicious of. Um, and so, so, but it, there's some real riches in that, in, in, in that concept, um, really at its core, this idea of a differentiated unity characterizing the church. So that usually when we talk about unity, it's trying to find common ground. Uh, and and that's really important to to recognize the common ground that we share. But I think the other piece that we've we've come to understand um, through True City is that our differences are also really important. That we learn from each other based on the differences and the different strengths that the, the different churches have. And can we come to value where we're different and and recognize calling as as separate? And so so that's key aspect of how a, a vibrant unity has to have a way of 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 leaning into differences is is some of what i've come to to recognize not just tolerating them but actually embracing them in some some important ways and then the other the other concept is is this idea of trust how does trust get formed and especially how does trust get formed across differences because usually trust comes far more easily for people who are like us when we perceive that you know we perceive that we're an in-group we're we're more ready to trust but how do we how do we form trust uh when there's natural suspicion because the the group is is different and i'd say the the things we've we've learned over this this history of true city is that if you can get people doing things together if they're in the same room with each other if they're praying together um, if if there's ways to 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 be in conversation with each other and to go out and and make a tangible difference in the city, uh, that begins to break down some of those those barriers to trust, and people begin to recognize, oh, they they also love Jesus. You know, they're 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 deeply committed to to seeing what God what God's will is for the city and pursuing it, and you know that's takes us a bit by surprise, but that that's an important part of, of how, how that trust begins to build. But my research really is trying to ask the question, how, how does this happen? What are the practices that, that actually create bridges of trust between churches that are different than each other? And, 
that's that's still I'm still in the process of figuring that part out. Awesome. That I'm so looking forward to reading your research. Super fascinated in this topic. Curious though, like are there particular theological literature that have kind of shaped some of what you're writing on right now? Yeah. So Miroslav Wolf has been a key voice. One of the few free church, you know, congregational theologians that that has done a deep dive into, you know, defining, well, who is the church? How does the church function? That whole area of ecclesiology. He's the one that's that that um, did a lot of that work and has written on Catholicity uh, in some ways that I've found you know, really, uh, really helpful. And I think he was the first one to name for me the, the tension that we live with around unity between a unity that we have now because the spirit, we sh- the spirit's involved in, in, in all of our lives and we, we have a unity in the spirit that exists. It's not, not something that's, that, that we have to create ourselves. It's something that God's already created, um, but it's not yet fully what God intends for it to be. And so there's a, a unity that will happen in the new creation that's, that's full and rich. And, you know, we're somewhere in between, you know, in, in the same way that salvation works for us as individuals, you know, that we're somewhere, somewhere on the way. We've been justified, but we're not fully what, what, what God intends. The church is in that same, same space. And so, you know, just as for us as individuals, there's there's spiritual uh, practices that can help us grow in our in our walk with the Lord. I think there we could say there's spiritual practices for the church that, that helps us grow deeper in our unity. Um, and and both really uh, named that named that well. It's another Catholic theologian, Robert Schreider, who's who's written on on Catholicity in, in terms of fullness of the church just two two dimensions that that he he would name that you know there's there's this this fullness of going deeper like what's the quality of our our relationships and then this other dimension of of the breadth of our connections and so you know oftentimes we don't recognize the way that god's calling us to be to be more interconnected uh, in terms of, of of the church in a city we we might know the other people in our denomination, but we don't know people in in other. Um, so we we live in isolation from from whole sections of the church. That's a wholeness dimension. So there's these kind of two dimensions of wholeness and fullness that the Schreider names that that I found really helpful for picturing. Well, kind of a question that's come up for me is you know, when God looks at the church in Hamilton, what does He see? Yeah, and and I think you could ask that about any any location. You know, and I don't think he sees one congregation. Like he sees multiple congregations and multiple people, you know, all and and because the spirit's present in all of our lives, we're we're interconnected. And and so there there is this network reality to the church, but there's connections that haven't been catalyzed, you know, and and I think God is is wanting to to catalyze more of those and strengthen those. So that's some some of the folks that have spoken into this into the work that I'm doing. Walter Brueggemann has some some really in, in important uh, stuff that you know, kind of uh, has named some some things as as well. And, and I, interestingly, on the trust side of the equation, there, there's not a lot of theological resources on that, which is part of part of what what makes it interesting for me is that that there's not a lot of theology of trust kinds of of language. 
and that's that's a whole area of research that you know still still working to to understand better we are so excited to see what you will continue to do and what your research produces and we're thankful for you dave in in your presence in hamilton and your influence in terms of churches around canada and even you know to north america as a whole as people are seeing what god is doing through true city network yeah we're just so encouraged by you sharing all of this today and so uh, perhaps just one final word from you you know if you had to paint this picture of the church in canada for tomorrow one that is filled with this trust this hope that you're talking about you mm. know what would you hope to see and and would you have any kind of final words for christian communities mm. at large yeah well, it's I mean, it's interesting. Even my, you know, I, I can feel the response within myself to to your words, John. You know that that it's like, well, I haven't really told you the the other side of the equation here, right? Like that, as beautiful as as being a network of churches is, and as powerful as it can be, it's deeply challenging, and there's there's lots of 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 challenge that comes in it, and and. Post COVID, I'm through COVID and and post COVID, you know that's that's been a, a this has been a hugely challenging time for the church. Yeah, you know, and I'm sure that's sure. true across the country and around the world. I I know it specifically in terms of what's happened, you know, for churches in Hamilton. Those those connections have suffered, you know, and and it's not been easy to to stay together. And we've had, you know. We already had plenty of things to argue about as the church, and then we added a whole new lexicon of things that we could we could struggle with. And so, so I think that's the dark tones to the picture uh, is that that you know it's it's never it's never easy to to see the church come together. And maybe part of the picture is you know in in Ephesians, what Paul writes is maintain the unity of the spirit, and and maintain. Maintaining doesn't sound very exciting, but I've come to realize that that church unity is 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 always under siege. You know, the the enemy is always fighting against church unity, and so standing our ground. You know that Ephesians six passage. You know where where we read about the armor of God. You know it's it's you know stand your ground, uh, and and so I think that's a really uh, important piece of of what what we need to recognize with when it comes to to this process of of building church unity is is we're already connected but that's always being put to the test you know the, the enemy is always trying to find ways to 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 get us to to compromise our our witness by speaking you know badly about some other part of the church um, or or treating them poorly that's not the that's not the hopeful picture that i was you know um, but but it but it is it is the real picture. My sense, kind of the the thing that that was the surprising reality for us uh, in True City, I'd, I'd say that that the reasons for starting collaboration between churches was was kind of this pragmatic idea that that we each had knowledge that could be helpful to the other. That if we collaborated with each other, we could do more together, and all of that has has proven to be true. But what we didn't recognize is just how powerful, how vibrant it would be for people to come together across divides that have been there, how much that would be a witness to the culture around us, but also how much that would would you know stir up our own 
spiritual lives and and add vibrancy to to what what was happening in our churches. So I think that's the the piece that that I would uh, continue to to um, share as good news to the church you know, across the country is is there's always opportunities for us to connect across divides as the church and it don't have to pick the biggest divide just find another congregation that that you don't have a relationship with and build some some relationship there or find other christians and understand um, how they've encountered jesus you know share your faith stories with each other uh, in in ways that that build up build up the body i think that's that's always good good work to be done and i think it gives god great joy when the church lives out more of that that calling that that uh, he, he's given to us. Thank you so much, Dave. And I want you to take this as encouragement. Why I love your answer is because it's not hopeful in the sense of this idealistic, unrealistic way of living, but it's rather to be engaged, to be entering into the specific tensions and the differences and seeing how God will work and how God can bring together. And it's tangible. I think you even mentioning, yeah, there are some darker tones to it, but the thing is, hope is only real and it is only that important because there are still divisions and there are still things that are not reconciled and restored. And you, you have been you know, one of the ways in which God has used True City Network and your voice into speaking into that and mm-hmm. to be showing that, hey, you know, yes, we can be all heading in this direction, but it is about that journey together and about addressing and naming and learning from one another and listening and to be able to step forward together. And so that's why I love your answer. It's, it's not something that's just this fantasy dream, but it's really like rooted in the experiences you've had. So thank you so much, Dave. Glad to share and really appreciate the opportunity for the conversation. And that's going to be it for our conversation today. Thank you guys too for joining us on this conversation. We really appreciate your time and we appreciate how you've continued to be on this journey with us as well. What did you think of what Dave had to share today? How could that play out in your own context? And what are ways in which God can bring together churches in your area? We'd love to hear how you can imagine that and how you would wrestle through that. You could always reach us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and by email. Our email address is contact.campodcast at gmail.com. That's contact.campodcast at gmail.com. If you haven't done so already, please remember to rate and review and subscribe to our podcast. That will help us get this conversation out there and help us to continue to build up ways in which these conversations can happen. Share it with others that you might think could really benefit from these type of conversations and hearing from different perspectives. Once again, you've been listening to the Canadian Agent Missional Podcast, and we hope you'll join us on this journey. See you next time.